0: What's going on guys? How's everybody doing? It's uh, 4 p.m. We'll get started in a minute. I'll just uh, give you guys a minute or two to settle in, find a comfortable place, pour a cup of coffee, pour a beer, whatever. Um, This is gonna be brief. This is gonna be uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, normally run to be about a half an hour long and Fridays are the longer call-ins. Uh, and I mentioned I'm going to be doing something different once a week, where I want to have uh, an interview format um, with someone. Each episode, uh, it's not going to be anyone that's special. What well, I, I should rephrase that—that's that's not—that's not, that's a rude thing to say. It's not going to be anybody who's an influence influencer or well-known trader. Um, so then, actually, I can say it will be someone special each time because we've already heard from every single trader in the space on majority of the podcast. Um, so this one's going to be short because unfortunately I had to, to rebook the time twice, uh, due to events today. And, uh, if you want a little bit of insight into that due to my, um, what's it called? My shit, uh, central air unit deciding to clunk out. So that's, uh, being replaced. So I have a, a little bit of time anyway. So the, the topic of this, and before we start just a shout out to the team at Colin, uh, fantastic platform. Superior to Twitter Spaces, similar to a podcasting format. They're all recorded. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, um, and you guys can participate. And last Friday, we had a bunch of people come on and, and you know gain speaker permissions, and it was a great discussion. Um, it's always nice to have uh, Marathon come on and talk. He's an ex-interest rates trader, is uh, extremely fluent when it comes to the macro. I am not. It's not my forte. It's not my area of competence. Obviously, I have a you know a, a tenuous grasp on things when it comes to macro because I've been trading this long uh, but it's just been for me trading catalysts right that are related to macro and not necessarily having a complete understanding as to all the inner workings it's obviously very complicated um, so it's really important to to stay in your lane and to know your lane and that's something I've always been uh, particularly good at um, style drift is something that's dangerous for traders so anyway uh, before we get started remember not Nothing, none of this is financial advice, right? A little bit of stuttering there. Um, none of this is financial advice, right? Strictly for entertainment purposes only. We'll just get right to the title Is crypto going to zero? No, right? No, okay. There's between this morning and last night, I can't remember, you know, besides maybe like Mt. Gox level FUD, um, another time where there was that much panic and that much that many stories passing through social media at any given time, just left and right, constant FUD. You know, it, it started, obviously, you know, you have three AC blowing up. Um, and the initial rumor came out, it was, oh, you know, they can't blow up. You know, they're they're. it's almost like the initial thought is they're too big to fail. Well, One of the books that I recommended a long time ago was a book about long-term capital management, right? And this is uh, When Genius Failed, right? They blew up. They were comprised of the most brilliant people in finance, Nobel Prize winners, and they blew up. And, and throughout history, the course of history through markets, what is consistent is that people blow up and the market humbles the people that are the most, you know, the brightest, the best, um, constantly, time and time again, the, the markets are littered with a, a graveyard of evidence that that happens frequently. And that's why it's extremely important that you have an understanding of risk management, um, and an understanding of when it's when it's time for you to be involved and when it's better for you to sit out um, and never overextend yourself right and and i have always been a conservative trader and you know what that does it leads to me not capturing the massive upside that takes place during certain alt you know alt euphoria periods and i don't get 20 x's and i don't get 30 x's but i also don't give money back and i think that to me is probably one of the most important things and i hope that you guys can uh, learn to prioritize that as well because during bull markets funds individuals prop shops they overextend themselves and 3AC was levered up and they were in the 10 they were in the 9 to 10 figure range so you know this is terrible uh, there's a lot of uh, listen you should never kick people when they're down there's a bunch of back and forth right now about suzu and kyle and the entire bull run they were people that you could lean on in terms of signal and the entire way down there was the impression that they were psyoping right? people into providing them with exit liquidity. And you know what it turns out to be? That they actually just had that much conviction. They were long the entire way down. And I have to tell you this because I think it's, it's useful to know this now. I'm actually in a chat with, at the time it was around just 50 people. And Sue is in the chat. And we talked about this. This was going on in the first quarter. This was the actually the second in the second quarter. This is free. This is recently, and he was mentioning, and I won't say the exact price, but he was mentioning a price that is thousands of dollars higher than where we are, as a great area to long. Right? Like he thought it was going to be the bottom there, and obviously, you know, lo and behold, we are thousands of dollars. We are you know basically ten thousand dollars below that below that target. So, listen, it, you have to understand that when people are even right for streaks of you know through long periods of time and they go on streaks that a lot of the times like that, that it's a really futile um pursuit to expect or or you know it's it's just a it's unrealistic to expect that that continues right there's variance in markets and again the one thing that you control is just how much risk you're putting on at any given time because at any point right whether we're dealing with the risk of being in a position or whether you know you're you're in crypto and you're forgetting a lot of the times that just by being here, you're assuming a risk that a lot of other people aren't willing to take. And that is, you know, for if you're on an exchange that's not, you know, you're not on a KYC exchange, you're assuming counterparty risk, right? You're not on a regulated exchange, you're assuming counterparty risk. You know, you're assuming all types of liquidity risk. And now you're obviously assuming, you know, interest rate risk and other risks as well. Uh, Most people are always committing themselves too much to one particular area, and they're sort of voluntarily taking on um, concentration risk. but listen, there's, there's a lot of things that are circling right now. There's a ton of, you know, the game of telephone is being played to the extreme, a ton of hyperbole on the timeline. So it, it went from, you know, the contagion that took place uh, across lending platforms, to 3AC blowing up to now this, you know, Kobe posting things, you know, uh, posting these foreboding posts on other um, Twitter accounts about how there's this daisy chain that's going to be set off now. And then it went on to Tether and then stable coins and then exchanges shutting down and it was all it was all just people captivated in the moment and and you know yapping off their sound boxes and you know one it starts off as one thing and then you know as it's passed around through the grapevine it ends up to be a completely different story. So right now it's very clear what price is doing. We're back at the prior all time high. There's no rule that says we can't break it. This is a, in my opinion, a great contextual level for me to take a trade from. So that's what I did this morning. I already closed the trade out though, right? So I thought the contextual risk reward was there because if we break below, there's not much support that's nearby. So it's a good thing. It's a good position to define an invalidation. I think that no matter what, where we are right now, it's clear that the market is not looking to just rip higher. We don't have any tailwinds right now. Again, whole, whole the whole theme this year has been non-accommodative, right? Non-accommodative. When they pivot, when they're explicit, when the language, you know, when the language explicitly changes, maybe then we could start to get a little bit more confident. But just expect everything, or I think it's really important, rather, to keep everything in the short term, unless you're talking about your longer term, three, four, five plus year investment time horizon, which is what an investment time horizon is. It's not a year. It's not six months. It's not what crypto has done, which is really skew um, what is considered an investment, which is basically just a longer term trade. Uh, If you come from traditional markets. The way that we talk about investments here, people talk about investments here so flippantly, they're just long-term trades, right? They're not actually investments, which have a much longer time horizon to them. Uh, And people aren't going to be considering near-term price action nearly as much as, as people do in this market. So there's a lot of rumors that are circulating. Price is where it is right now. We can see that pretty clearly. It's the first time that we've had, you know, a pretty significant back and forth um, so if this daily closes, you know, towards the high, it looks like it's potentially, you know, a short-term bottom could develop here. No matter what, right? No matter what, there is no way that we are V-shaped reversing. Reversing. There's no shape for getting a shape V-shape reversal. So the implication of that is that we are probably going to revisit whatever low is put in a handful of times, and we are probably going to be doing this for a long time. So. If you're thinking bottom, and if you're saying, I think this is the bottom, and this is ground zero, day one, you're at least looking at two to three months of consolidation. And maybe you'll get a clear, really clear range, and then maybe you'll be able to comfortably get into what is a shift in market structure. And this market often does allow for that. right? It often does allow for pretty easy trades to walk into when market structure changes. And it's a, a matter of whether or not you are you know, you are at that point trying to go with the flow or against the flow after things have changed. And you can see what happens when you go against the flow, when market structure changes to the downside, right? There are really important signs, you know, 20, $30,000 above where we are right now that we're worthwhile to heed, to get out of position. So obviously I'm not going to, you know, continue to, to go over all of those, but where we are right now, You know, there's a ton of FUD on the timeline. I'm going to open it up in a second. There's a ton of FUD on the timeline. Um, I honestly think that Twitter is a negative EV place to be. So I don't think that Twitter is a helpful place to be. Uh, The people that you really value, and I'd say I'd extend this to myself too, right? Just You have to be really careful about who you get your information from um, because a lot of it is colored with personal opinion. Even so, I did not watch the, I did not watch the Fed presser today because I, it's, I'm tired of watching it. I'm tired of sitting there and acting like I have an edge when I know that I still end up responding to whatever happens in price action. So why would I even take up my mental bandwidth with watching that and acting like I even have an understanding of how each little nuance and inflection is being interpreted when there are algos that are going to do that immediately. And smarter people will end up summarizing that for me after. And the real move, if it occurs and it's going to have any follow-through, is something that you're going to be able to get in over the course of a couple of days. So it's just one thing that I could eliminate. I'm just going to follow price action. I'm just going to follow order flow. Whatever people's decisions are, are going to show up there anyway. So it's almost like there's a little bit of redundancy in having multiple sources of the same information. And with indicators, that would be called, I'm pretty sure it's called multi-colinearity. Um, which is a mistake a lot of people make when they have multiple indicators on the chart that are more or less showing the same thing. But um, I want to open it up because I've just gone on sort of a tear. But no, crypto is not going to zero, right? The, The last thing I'll say is the tops and the bottoms are the exact same, right? They're the exact same in the intensity of emotion. They're opposite emotions, right? But they're the exact same in terms of intensity and magnitude, um, and clearly it gets slightly different to the downside because you're dealing with a destruction of wealth or rather a massive transfer of wealth Whereas on the way up you're, you know, you have a massive wealth effect that most people are benefiting from pretty easily. That's uninterrupted and you know, it's pretty, uh, it doesn't really discriminate, right? So you don't have to be that, um, t- uh, you don't have to be a tactician to make money in a bull market. You just have to really just be present. Um, so I would just say that nothing has changed, right? We have. You know, I explained to someone yesterday, they said, why would you buy the 200, you know, variables are different this time. Um, the fact that you come back down to the 200 over a long period of time implies that there are negative variables that took you there. So they're always going to be different moving forward, right? Every market cycle might be, might be you know, similar from the last, but it's always going to have different components that ends up creating, you know, it's the, the straw that breaks the camel's back is going to be different each time, right? But the general ebb and flow of markets over time is not going to change because people aren't going to change. So this is not the end, right? I, d- I cannot see this being something that lasts and persists into the end of 2023. I think we end up bottoming by mid-2023, honestly. So what that means is, yeah, you have plenty of time to devote yourself to a trade, um, to learning more about this market, to learning more about how to trade. Uh, and I don't mean a trade as in trading. I mean, you have time to do other things that you probably neglected during the bull market. So let me open it up. Storm, let me get you on here. Hey, what's up, buddy? Can you hear me? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, how's it going?
1: Great, great, great. So, um, yeah, I just I just watched the uh, presser, so I'll I'll not summarize it. But what I hear and what I've been hearing is, you know. Until two percent inflation they're going to try to strangle the economy as best they can, and what i don 't know is is this going to go to midterms and then change course, or are they just going to keep going until they actually get to two percent i don't know if it's if it's a political thing for uh, yeah. you know midterms, but I think until at least the midterms, we are going to see them throwing everything they can. And I don't see the crypto market bouncing back until the traditional market gets some legs underneath it, because I don't think people have discretionary funds to spend on on crypto. It's it's the, you know, it's, you know, when the kingpin comes to uh, take his debt that you owe, you know, the first thing you're going to give up most likely is your crypto. Most people, they're not going to sell their Apple. They're not going to sell microsoft or the other things and uh unfortunately i think right now crypto is is very discretionary for most people um you've got your true believers but that is not going to bring back the two trillion trillion dollar market
0: yeah no I, i i do agree with that um up until not too long ago one of the points of contention by um you know even i was making it six months back you know it was a question of are they are they going to slam the you know the market going into midterms? And they made it quite clear that their interest is not in the market. It's not like you know under the Trump presidency where the S and P five hundred is the happiness index and it's reference to reference the economy. Even though markets do lead the economy, um, and they made it
2: quite. Hello. <laughs> I lost you. Their agenda to um,
0: lost audio from the host. Can you guys hear me? Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. Yeah, weird. Um, I might have just briefly cut out. Hold on one second, guys. And I'll just say that again. All right. If you want to hop back on um storm let me get you back up here and then i'll just go over that again just in case can you hear me now
1: yeah i can hear you you you, you did cut out for a bit i thought it was me but i can hear you oh yeah this is
0: going on over six months ago one of the points of contention was that they weren't gonna screw the market over before going into midterms And how the market has been used as a tool in the past, I called the happiness index, um, and they made it clear that inflation is their number one concern. And they actually also made that clear too—that it was at the top of their, you know, checklist in in what needs to be squashed. So until that has, um, it looks like you know they are inadvertently willing to hike us in some kind of. Or, or kind of beginning of a recession, you, you, uh, in Ryan. order to get that demand destroyed, and they also don't necessarily like when there are positive responses in markets because that's just more of an indication that there's still animal spirit, there's still speculation running rampant, um, and that usually, you know, that excess capital is something that ultimately would not benefit trying to mitigate or abate inflation, but would consider it would continue to. So yeah, crypto is beta to the S&P. I think if anything, one of the benefits is that we can, we are actually correlated more now. So we are sort of like more of a solid play on tech. So I think that, yeah, you ultimately need stability in the S&P. Um, and until that happens, it's a really, it's a silly pursuit to try to call a bottom in crypto because it's just not necessarily going to happen until we hey. see that.
1: Ryan, you, just to let you know you're going in and out uh, and it, it's sounding a little uh, computer-y, glitchy. I don't know if you're driving or on a cell phone.
0: No, um, yeah, I, I'm using the same but, thing I always use. Sorry about that.
1: But yeah, I, I think uh, the happiness index right now is gas and groceries. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, the markets are uh, uh, not not the main concern. You know, a right. long shot for Powell and uh, i think you know it's yeah it's gas and groceries and so i've I've been watching you know uh the price of milk price of a pound pound of ground beef those are good things to watch um you know the the price of eggs when those things start coming down i'm going to start thinking about reinvesting you know in 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 some coins but uh until that i think people are just going to be spending their money on on what they need yeah
0: no i i agree when i cut out i can't t- i don't know if you heard that i said that um it's clear that the happiness index is no longer the s p um, you don't know
1: i he- i heard that and I, that's why i was okay. saying yeah i think that happiness index has switched to yeah gas and groceries and and, and not the s p yeah I, yeah I totally agree with I think, that
0: i think one of the original things that was like um hard to stomach was that, oh, they would be willing to crush 401ks and retirement accounts. But then you look at the average one and it's like $50,000 in it. So it's almost easy to justify a 20% drop in that rather than people not being able to afford groceries and, and the things that they need day to day and fuel costs being through the roof. So um, it, it, yeah, it's it's almost like it's easy to, you you understand why there's a bias towards assuming that they would protect markets when you're in a market that's really speculative because everyone just wants that to happen.
1: Sure. well (laughs) thanks for uh thanks for hosting this i uh i appreciate all your uh your work online and uh yeah and uh i'll sign off i'll keep listening and uh let someone else come up
0: thanks for calling in man
1: yeah yeah thanks for doing this
0: all right christopher what's up man how you doing hey what's up pal can you hear me Let me make your next caller. Yeah, there you go.
3: Yeah, I pressed the wrong button. Yeah, all good. Interesting day in the market, as (laughs) usual. You know, (laughs) I have two questions. Why is it that usually during the FOMC meetings, like even though they say they want to get the markets down, why do the markets annoy the Fed and just shoot straight up? It doesn't make any sense is it just because people are expecting the other thing to happen or do you have any um, uh, yeah I think that
0: um, I think that the FOMCs have been they have been perceived as just a net negative like looking forward to them and a possible net negative for markets so the the, FOMCs for the last few have always been sell the news by the fact um. So it's been that we've actually rallied post FOMC, but sold into it and and during. And and CPI is a little bit easier to trade, honestly, than FOMC. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that you're getting just, I I think it's just a matter of positioning, like heavy positioning into it, negative positioning into it. And then you get the unwind of that. Um, And I think leading into it, you see that like leading into the FOMC, most of them, this one's different because crypto just sold off. Considerably due to something that was uh, more internal, but leading up to them, you've seen uh, more hedging and and volatility drop off as as people have de-risked into them. So it's a combination of like last minute sellers selling into it, sideline capital, and then once the market doesn't completely fall off a cliff after the unwinding of those hedges, um, whether forced or voluntary, and then the redeploying of just speculative. Uh, you know, just traders basically hopping on what looks like a, a trend out of FMC. And it's like, you know, these events are interesting. Um, it, in, in, they are displays of just patterns and human behavior and, and how we expect them to unfold and how they kind of do unfold consistently. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the I reposted it on my Twitter. The last few FMCs, we've actually rallied after them. Not, I'm not talking about like the next couple of hours, but uh, in the days and weeks after. So for day and week, days and week plus probably. So, um, I mean, that's my interpretation of, of why.
3: Would you expect something similar from this one? Because it seems as if the economy as, as, as a whole is in a quite uh, <clears throat> dire state at the moment and not a lot of uh, optimism going on, <laughs> kind of.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's really weird. This is like one of the weird things of being a trader, and also seeing how trade, how markets and the economy in the past, you could see how they are disconnected quite often. Um, but it's hard to like, it's hard to wrap your head around the market really rallying right now with the economy the way it is. Um, it definitely wouldn't be perceived. Uh, it, it wouldn't be looked at kindly. Because again, they, they want to squash those animal spirits, but at the end of the day, could it, a lot of times just the market is a matter of flows. So if we have, you know, for example, if you have a ton of hedges that are built up into some kind of options expiry and then you have, you know, an unwinding of those hedges and you can imagine that leading up to this, like markets have just deteriorated uh, incredibly. from a liquidity standpoint and also if you looked at like the last couple weeks how advanced decline has been it's been it's shifted from you know being semi one-sided right the index a lot of the index components having you know poor performance to more recently it was like 90 you know something extreme like 99 percent of the index components um consistently being down so there's a lot of obviously aggression aggression towards the lows and selling-wise, and, um, selling wise. and um, again, markets move on flows. So if you have the market crowded into one particular area and, and, you know, we see that selling exhausts, it doesn't take much to move it back in the opposite direction, especially when the options market has at times a strong, you know, a very strong pull um, or push on the underlying market. So there's plenty of reasons why we could rally, but it wouldn't even necessarily like make sense if you're trying to if you're rational and you're looking at it like oh you know how could we rally the the economy is shit you know my gas prices are really high um, you know energy prices are really high this doesn't make sense like we should rally in good conditions but that's obviously not always the case I'm not like expecting anything I'm not I'm just trying to play it from day to day honestly like Druckenmiller talked about it talked about how he was. Um, I think only short five, 5% uh, with respect to equities and he is long commodities and um, he's expecting that there is a bear market rally. Um, and then he was talking about how it's really dangerous to short right around now. So, you know, it's not like this is new. So you have to remember that too. It's not like this is new. We've been moving down for a really long time now. Um, so you have to keep an eye like when we are no longer moving down but the narrative is still really poor you know that's a sign that positioning is clearly has run its course and we you know might look back at uh or might be looking towards some kind of rally yeah because i would would guess
3: like after Mm -hmm. what was it uh yesterday two days ago on monday right where we had the big sell-off that a lot of people would close out their positions then and Maybe have a little bit of a thinner market I know I did anyway after that big move but I also was wondering about Tron and if you have any thoughts since uh, Luna had a lot of trouble since they were um, algorithmic stablecoin and if you think they will survive it seems like <laughs> Justin is struggling quite a bit at the moment
0: yeah I don't particularly have I don't have um, any specific thoughts on Tron. Um... So I mean, I can't really be of help there. I, I think algorithmic stable coins are, they just, right now, they're clearly not going to be in favor. I have a lot of doubt around them. Um, I, I just have a lot of doubt, honestly, in a lot of things that are smart contract related. I am like, you're just classic Delta One trader. Um, and I think that's ended up saving me a considerable amount of money because honestly, when I first learned about Terra and, and 20%, I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is too good to be true. And then I just realized, like, while going through the, the practice of how it would be to get access to that, that there are, like, things that I'd have to rely on that I'm just, I'm still not comfortable relying on everything that is built in crypto. Um, I'm comfortable with centralized exchanges. I'm comfortable with, you know, MetaMask and uh, and trading the, and using the actual tools. But I, I'm not comfortable with, like, all of the individual projects. I don't know enough about algorithms. Alg- algorithmic stable coins to make like an educated comment on them other than they're not going to be welcomed at, you know, they're definitely not welcomed with open arms right now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be tough moving forward if you're a, a project that is an algorithmic stable point project. Yeah, it seems to be tough,
3: Well, thank you very much. And uh, have a nice continuous
0: day. You too, Christopher. Good talking to you as always. Likewise. All right. Mickey, Um, let me get you on here and then Dieter, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Hey, what's up, buddy? How's it
2: going? Hey, you can hear me? Uh, Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you.
2: Okay on. Um yeah i mean i was just wondering so um i have three questions one of them is probably a more longer form question and then two kind of quickfire questions so um the first one j- just in terms of like a bear market rally if we do get one um what kind of things are you looking for to confirm that to maybe get uh in the position for some sort mm-hmm. of mid-time frame kind of trades are you looking at any like Moving averages, are you looking at TPO for that? Are you looking at um, CVD or anything like that? And then the second question is just the OPEX this Friday. Do you have any thoughts on that? And then um, the yeah, you should, you should go ahead with the first two if you want. Yeah, let
0: me let me tackle the first questions because I'll end up forgetting the first one if you say the third. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> as far as just a, a, a rally upward, I you know, I I think that we've kind of exhausted all of the, or we've kind of box checked everything that you would look for to see a rally. Right. I mean, this is like the one time where it's really difficult even to, you know, it, it's everything is macro related right now. And we also have internal things breaking in our market um, that make it hard to obviously just kind of continuously buy this dip. Cause it is a dip from a, again, box checking standpoint, like everything you would want at the bottom to occur, funds blowing up, you know, major players blowing up, um, futures really compressed, options options skew really pessimistic, funding negative, volumes down, uh, every media outlet, every person who's ever interacted with crypto disparaging and talking about its death, magazine covers saying the crypto windows here, like all these signs honestly would be, they are the prototypical like epitome of bottoming signs. But again, we're not existing in a vacuum anymore. And we need the s p to bottom for us to bottom so it's purely contingent on on legacy we could obviously rally on positioning on wines in crypto so if you see like crowded positioning in terms of um, derivatives open interest we don't really have that yet honestly this is a very spot driven a spot driven sell-off so any kind of rally would really require n- not necessarily that fuel but it would require that there's redeploying a capital that's on the sidelines right now. And there definitely, you could assume there is, well off the highs. Remember, the, the money wasn't burned. It, okay, it was redistributed to people. You know, It was taken from people that lost a ton of money and redistributed to different hands. So it's not like the money evaporated. Um, so I think it'd be tough to, it's tough because you have all of those things, but you don't have price responding positively. So I think that's the most important thing. And this is a market where it's actually favorable to get into something after it's actually put in some ground. So it's a very momentum driven market. It's very self-fulfilling in, in many ways. And I honestly would need to see significant structural reclaims to get long for any kind of longer term position. So either if we didn't have a structural reclaim, we'd have to start painting one. So we'd have to start moving sideways for you know at least a month or two, paint some kind of structure and then reclaim that. So if we, like, let's say for example, we created a range over the next two months between 26 and 20,000. Right. OK, so we create a range between 26, twenty six, twenty thousand. And we also have like other corresponding details of positioning at the lows. Right. Absorption, open interest up, you know, funding, all that. If we have that and then we reclaim that level, then you have a really good you know, risk reward defined um, case to be made for some kind of change. Right. Because it it signifies that if we consolidated that long and didn't break down and we broke up instead. Like it's probably something you don't want to fade initially. If we were just going to move up from here, like there's so many places that would be good levels to reject this from that. They also, you know, the inverse of that is that they would be great levels that if we reclaim them would signify a major change occurred as well. I think that's like that's really far away from where we are right now. That's like back above 30 K. Um, that's back above, you know, the the weekly lows around 32 around the monthly level, around 35. So honestly, it would need to be significant reclaims in market structure. So we have all the other things, right? But we just don't have price responding positively. And price is the most important thing, right? Price is the advertising mechanism. Price is everything. So price is so important that even when you have a ton of negative news, if price is responding positively or isn't responding at all, like that's a good enough signal in and of itself. The problem is right now, all we have is bad news and all price does is continue to move down with it. It hasn't really done much to to show that there's any really there's any kind of like incredible strength to start fading things early. So I'm really patient and I need like major changes to occur. But uh, I mean, it, it's a great trading market right now. So that's for swing positions. That's for, and you know, you could swing intraday, You could swing over the course of a couple of days, but that's for longer term, you know, momentum driven plays that are just, uh, they're not really there right now. Um, now, your second question, I forgot. So it was a good thing I didn't let you get into the third
2: yet. Uh, yeah, well, maybe that would lead in better to the third question, actually, which is um, uh, what do you kind of look for in alt setups? Are, are you always looking at um, BTC, maybe stabilizing and looking for BTC to – are you using BTC as a leading indicator? Or are you ever kind of getting into alt positions either intraday or sort of for more swing positions? Um, without using BTC,
0: no. So I always look at BTC. It's kind of like the index, right? It's it's the benchmark, and and all I really, you know, you know what kind of uh, state of health the market is in. Like you know when Bitcoin is relatively stable and predictable, and then and it's easy to then deploy money into alt. When Bitcoin is losing levels, when Bitcoin is really sketchy, then it's a completely different ballgame. I'm no matter what, I, I've grown more interested in trading alts intraday anyway. And I don't think that really requires too much from Bitcoin other than it's not currently in a a cascading, you know, drop. Um, But I started trading alts the way I trade BTC, which is a combination of using flow and profile. Uh, And I think that they're, they're, they're great to trade as long as, you know, you have the adequate amount of liquidity. um, I just end up filtering, you know, I might end up filtering once a week or once a day to see, you know, where most of the capital is, where the, Juice is flowing, quote unquote, um, you know, looking at what, where the, where most of the trading is being done. And then I trade those pairs the same way I would trade Bitcoin. And what happened over the course of the bull market is it was, there was very clear rotations where you could just kind of like pick up on social media where the money was flowing and you could take longer term swings based on that. There's not really much of that right now. So you have to just kind of magically be able to discern, okay, you know, for example, like right now, there's strength in Solana, there's strength in AVAX. So if I'm scalping Bitcoin intraday, alts tend to be really technical uh, and more technical than BTC now because BTC is so correlated to the S&P. Um, and BTC has a lot more higher frequency presence, even though there's not really like real HFT in crypto like there is in, in the S&P or uh, equities period. There is, but it's not necessarily the same speed or um, it's not even close. But... Um, they are also more retail driven. So retail driven means that they tend to respect technical levels a lot better. So you're, you know, you have a lot of really easy A plus setups you could take, you could take in alts as long as you're patient, right? Like if one of my A plus setups is a is a retest of a key daily or weekly mm-hmm. level, like if we're not close to it, it's just not on the table, right? And if there's no momentum in that alt, then there's not, no trades to be taken. So
2: That's really interesting, yeah, particularly about finding the newer narratives now it, it is quite difficult. Uh, just a quick follow-up on that, I suppose, is um, in terms of execution on those intraday alt plays, are, let's say the alt is maybe in a good position to go long, and BTC is maybe in the middle of a range, sort of dilly-dallying in the middle. Are, is there nuance where you would maybe still go long in the alt, or would you completely ditch that because... Uh, the stars aren't all land.
0: No, I mean, I, a lot of the times I haven't really focused on it that granularly. Like I haven't, like a lot of times if Bitcoin's in its own, you know, if it's at fair value within a range, like in the center, and it's kind of hard to define a good trade, I won't trade Bitcoin just period. But uh, I, I'm when I'm looking at alts and then looking at BTC, I just want to kind of get a general sense of where Bitcoin is um and if alter setting up technically i'm going to take you know nine times out of ten i'm going to just take the trade period on its own
2: uh that that's really good to hear thank you very much um and, and the final question then was just about the opex this friday just if you had any thoughts on oh that.
0: right no i don't necessarily i haven't even looked at the open interest um i would just say that the last few opex we've had a, a decent amount of volatility you know every time that we approach opex there's always like this narrative that there's a bunch of hedges that are going to unwind favorably for the bulls and, you know, gamma effects are going to take place, uh, but it hasn't necessarily been the case. Um, you know, we had a couple chances for that to happen and have what was supposed to be very significant rallies. So maybe we get that now. Um, I haven't looked at the open interest though. I haven't really seen like what it's OPEC. So you just expect that whatever goes into it might not necessarily be true. Whatever comes out of it is probably true though. So like my point is if you have, you know, your day out of OPEC and you have a decent, you know, like a trend in progress, I would say that it's probably, it's not something you could really extrapolate too much on because you're going into OPEX rather than coming out of it.
2: So just short-term volatility and uh, look at the main trend then. Uh, Thanks very much. Thank you for that. That that was very helpful. Thank you.
0: Enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Yeah, you too, mate. All the best.
0: All right, Dieter, last caller and then we're going to wrap it up. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, man? Can you hear me?
2: This might be your first time on here because I haven't—I
0: don't recognize your name. But I'll give you a second to unmute yourself. Alright Dieter, clock's ticking. I can't unmute you for you. Otherwise I would. But I don't know. Maybe maybe your wife's yelling at you. I would mute myself. I'd probably mute myself. Um, <laughs> um. but yeah, you are I will, uh, so I'm going to be going on again. It's going to be around 2.30 and uh, I'll gladly take you as the first caller and we'll catch back up and um, hopefully you have the mute button figured out by then. All right, guys, I appreciate all of you for joining. It's been a pleasure. Um, I think I said enough. I mean, there's... Not a whole lot more that you can say. Just stay safe out there. Remember, again, the one thing you do control is just how much risk you take. It's not a poker game, right? It's like poker, but it's not a poker game. You don't have to continuously put money on the table to stay. right? You can just stay and observe. So, all right, guys, have a fantastic evening. And uh, I'll be posting this one, hopefully, within the hour.